Hi, and welcome to this Going Deeper discussion for session one, Children, Young People and Learning. My name is Robin Barton, and I'm very pleased to be talking to Becca Dean and Joe Griffiths. Hello. Um, I wonder if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Joe, and I am um, tutor for children's and families students at Ridley Hall. And Becca. And I'm the tutor for youth ministry, so um, all things youth at Fun. Ridley Hall. Fantastic. So, um, Becca, you in the video, you talk about this holistic learning. When did you first encounter that? I think, ironically, I think you'll relate to this as well, Joe, but probably at my degree. And that sense of part of the training you get when you're training for youth ministry is that you un you get this training in how people learn and then you start seeing yourself in that training so you start it's it's one of those penny drop moments it, it changes your mindset from thinking about yourself as whether you were good or bad at school to what you were good at and how you might participate and grow and how that isn't to do with how many percent you get in a test or even what mark you get in an essay a kind of sense of you've got a contribution to make and so I guess it's also a slight twist from thinking about learning as something you receive um, and something instead that you participate in something that you work towards. How did that new understanding of learning impact your youth ministry? Jo, how, how, how did that how did that start to make a difference to how you understood yourself as a youth worker? Um, I think, you know, when, when you come into children's and youth ministry and on this course, there's a, there is a focus on this thing that Becca talked about in the video about reflective practice. Yes. And um, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. It changed everything. It was hard because I became much more aware of myself. Self-awareness. Um, I think when I began to do the practice of reflective practice, um, my, yeah, how I um, responded, well, how I reacted, that's where yeah. I kind of first learned about myself, and especially yeah. in youth work that, those early days were about how I reacted to things out of my own upbringing, out of my own biases, um, just the, and the ways, patterns of thought and the ways I had been thinking. And suddenly these things were being challenged through reflective practice. And because I was thinking much more intentionally about the other person, about a young person or someone I was working with or an incident, um, and it wasn't, I w was being forced to think in different ways rather than just one way. And um, that was the big change for me. And then when that, and it was hard in the beginning to get going with that, but then once I did, it just becomes then se second nature, I suppose, that continual reflecting, thinking on your feet, yeah, considering other ideas or thinking more about um, context and and stuff like that, that, yeah, it just really changed. So I hear you both um, talk about the experience of something you were sharing in the video, uh, Becca, which is, is Kolb's cycle. And I can hear you talking about going around it and 
talking about it as reflective practice and talking about it as holistic learning. Um, and that's really exciting. One, one of the things I was just wondering as you were both talking is, where was God in all of that for you? We don't want to go too deep in this. Okay, obviously God's in everything. But where, where was where was God and your faith and the faith of the young people in this for you? I think for me, when it comes to bringing the Bible into my work, the kind of the most straightforward way in is, okay, where is God in this? I know I've said all that, but I think um, a more specific question is, um, what is the good news? in this circumstance or in this situation or how can I bring good news into this circumstance um and so you know and you know for me good news is the gospel um story of Jesus I mean always a good place to start isn't it um and what would Jesus do so uh that's that's kind of yeah that's my starting place really how do you both work out what Jesus would do if we just have that classic realisation that we're no longer in first century Palestine, mm. culture's moved on, life's moved on? How on earth do you sit there as you're working um, and ministering with young people and, and conceptualise what it is that Jesus would do? I was listening to a podcast last week where someone said, was talking about this very thing. They were talking about what would Jesus do? And he said, you know, we're not, you know, the last time we looked, we weren't all first century Jewish rabbi <laughs> types. Um, so he said he, he always, the question he would always ask is, what would Jesus do if he were me in this situation? which I thought was just a really helpful way of thinking about it. So if Jesus was a 50-something-year-old woman, <laughs> you know, uh, from Northern Ireland, um, doing in this, uh, you know, in this situation, what would he do? And I think the other thing is, this kind of brings it back to us being learners. We're, we're disciples. So if we're not mm. spending time with Jesus in prayer, in reading the Bible, we're losing that opportunity of growing in relationship and growing in that sense of familiarity and, and building that sense of, oh, actually Jesus did some quite surprising things and there's certain patterns of things that he'd do, like answer a question with another question or tell a story or do something really strange and subversive like drawing in the sand or taking a tax collector out for dinner. So it it's not really, it just doesn't work, does it, to kind of copy and paste. Mm. Like it, it would be really strange if I took a tax collector out for dinner as <laughs> part of my youth ministry. <laughs> it would be strange in any way. I don't, I don't think I know any tax collectors. But, um, but something about seeing who Jesus was by learning that and trying to emulate that. So there's something about the incarnation there, isn't it? What does it mean to go into those places and speak the language of Jesus, but in 2024 rather than 0 BC? So you, you, um, you both talk about wisdom, you both talk about knowing God and being Jesus and what would Jesus do? And it feels like it, at the heart of that and, 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 and spiritual disciplines to stay 
in our own discipleship journey. It feels like at the heart of this is us learning and knowing more about who God is so that we can communicate that in yeah. sort of different ways. Is that... Um, if we are living in a way that we are seeing the utter gift that it is to be a child of God, to live with God rather than without God, to grow in knowledge of God, that's easier to talk about with the children and young people that we work with than if we're thinking that we need to say something really clever that will yeah. be the be the thing that convinces them. Yeah. I think it's yeah. that, you know, is this a genuine recommendation? Is this coming from a kind of yeah. overflow? As you grew in your understanding of God, how did that impact your children and youth ministry? In some ways it made it harder at first. And I, I think it still does in the sense that you feel less sure in the black and whiteness of what you know. Okay. So it brings an element of complexity. The more perspectives that you explore, the, the less sure you are of your perspective being the definite one. And there's a there's a wisdom to that unknowing um, that then takes a while to build up. So you're you're almost developing different ways of knowing and how to how to be. So that again not necessarily feeling like you have to be the all-knowing all-powerful leader but that you're involved in this kind of flexible growing living thing that is learning and participating in the community of god getting to know god it's a it's a more holistic responsive thing but also, I think it it's strangely you balance it with that sense of I'm just a person making it up as I go along. Um, so in some ways, it's the kind of learning and unlearning, developing skills, but realising how many more skills you need. So it was back to that um, um, theory that we can never remember where it comes from, where it talks about being unconsciously incompetent and then consciously incompetent and then consciously competent but the goal being unconsciously competent and I always love the end bit because they always say how do you know someone's unconsciously competent because you go up to someone and you go that was brilliant and they're like oh I didn't really think I did anything because they've forgotten what it is they've learned that makes them so good so so I was gonna say so we can end with this but what, what, what's our goal in the learning what's our learning goal here we sit in in a, in a university and we always have to have learning outcomes mm. we always have to have learning aids for everything we do even Catalyst has them if you want mm. to learn um but what you know in this kind of like holistic learning within children and youth ministry what's our aim what are the outcomes we're looking for that children and young people will love Jesus more that is my basic thing mm. and that we t and then and we, for me, uh, for me, is we teach them how to do that. Show yeah. them. Yeah. Model it. Yeah. Me, you know, show them how life-giving it is. But yeah, to love Jesus more. Thank you. That was great. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.